0: Hop aboard the TARDIS and set your coordinates for Who Lanta, Atlanta's premier Doctor Who convention, May 4th through 6th at the Hilton Atlanta Airport. Meet actress Louise Jameson, Doctor Who artists Richard Starkings, Kelly Yates, and Mark Maddox, and many more. There will be discussion panels, Q&As, live music, a cabaret, dealer's room, kids' activities, and fun for the whole family. For more information, go to WhoLanta.com. Who Who-lanta 2018. Don't miss it.
1: Welcome back everyone. This is discussing who and on this episode we will be reviewing new earth. This is the first episode of the second series, the 2006 series. And it is actually the second full season of the new doctor who that we are going in order. Thanks to Mr. Clarence Brown. So I'm introducing you first, my friend. Welcome Clarence Brown. How are you?
2: Doing pretty well, man. I'm excited to talk about the new, new doctor. Be I, fine.
1: I am in very happy to talk about the new, new doctor and it wouldn't be discussing who without Lee Shackelford. So how are you, Lee? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Well, you're quite welcome, sir. I hope you are the same. I do believe this was one of those episodes that I have not seen that much and. Yeah. It's I'm going to quote Clarence for a change and say, you know, wow, this is going back and seeing this. This was really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, what have you guys been up to? Um, you know, Lee, I know you were off for a week and you are back with us. So what's been going on with you?
0: Oh, all kinds of things. But the, um, uh, the big deal that may be of interest to our listeners is that, uh, we have recorded, um, I would say three and a half of the next 10 episodes of relativity. And I've been cutting those. Number one is in the can, as we say. And I just finished number two today. So we are getting perilously close to actually starting to release these episodes back out into the wild again. So Mm -hmm. there you go. And, um. Yeah, and it's always, as always, starring me and Elena Jordan, and uh, folks will enjoy also hearing Mr. Clarence Brown.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun jumping on with you and learning the ropes a bit because I'm definitely the newcomer, but again, a lot of fun. That's, uh, n- nobody is born knowing how to do this stuff, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what's new with you, Clarence? Oh man, nothing much, uh, up TupeloCon, which is in Tupelo, Mississippi, which Cal and I attended over this past weekend. And, uh, it was great. We saw a lot of cool people, uh, a lot of interesting characters. And, um, it was cool to have a lot of people come by our table who said they know us, <laughs> which is, uh, will always put a smile on your face. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a fun past few days. What you about know, you, Cal? Yeah. So, so they, so, yeah. So they decided, they decided. To, oh, I'm getting a lot of feedback.
0: That's yeah, weird. I did
1: too, all of a sudden. You got that? Huh. And uh, then it went away again. Yeah.
0: Weird. weird. Okay. We went into a odd little wormhole there for a uh,
1: second. We were talking about oh. relativity there for a minute. We were hearing voices. I guess.
0: And then we, yeah.
1: <laughs> weird.
0: Uh, weird. Anyway. No, I was just about to ask. So they, they decided to have Tupelo Con in and Tupelo this year, apparently. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: kind of cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> where, where, where are they thinking about having who
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe in Atlanta? Maybe. Yeah. So I get it. And speaking of Atlanta and Hulanta, the three of us next weekend, which is the first weekend of May 2018, uh, if you are listening to this at another time other than 2018, we will be at Hulanta 2018 next weekend. So very much excited to do that and get there and do some live recording, video recording, hint, hint, guys, as well as audio while we're there. So absolutely can't wait for that. Oh, yeah. We should. Fine. But before we get into the review, Lee, I want to tell you about this gentleman that Clarence and I met while at uh Hulanta and he is a younger gentleman and I would say around the age of maybe eight to ten years old. Wouldn't you say that might be accurate, Clarence? Maybe eight yes, to so. ten. Yeah. So um he he and his father came up to the table uh, I was sitting there, Clarence had gone to take some pictures and I was sitting there and he came up and he had the Matt Smith bow tie on. He had his sonic screwdriver, you know, and he said, you know, he was a fan of Doctor Who. I, and obviously, you know, I could say, OK, yeah. So he's, you know, and I think his father said or maybe he did, but something was about testing his knowledge. So I said, OK, um who's, you know, um the 11th doctor, I believe. And he said, Matt Smith. And I said, okay, who's the fourth doctor? And he said, uh, Tom Baker. And then I said, okay, well, this, you know, this fellow knows his stuff here. So then I said, okay, I'm going to give him one that uh, he wouldn't get. I said, okay, who's the second doctor? Patrick Troughton. You know, just before I could even say it, he had, he had said it. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something that he will never get. And I said, okay, I got one for you. And I went, one day I shall come back. And before I could even go any further, the first doctor, William Hartnell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he continued on and I gave him, you know, I even went, and I said, who's the ward? John Hurt. And he just went on and on and he calls himself the 16th doctor.
2: Yes, which nice. is really funny. Because when I actually got back to the table when I saw Kyle and this this young man chatting it up, and I said, "Oh, you're wearing the Capaldi outfit to which he adamantly corrected me, he said, "No, I'm the sixteenth doctor," and he showed me his name tag, which of course I missed, but <laughs> yeah, really knowledgeable kid and and really awesome character and yeah he's he's uh working toward the sixteenth doctor, so watch out, yeah b b c <laughs>
1: And I had to tell him, I mean, uh, before they left the table, and they came to our panel, too. And I had to tell him, you know, I don't often become impressed with people's knowledge of Doctor Who. He impressed me seriously because (laughs) he did not hesitate. And for someone at his age to have the recall and and the knowledge that he had at that age i was colored impressed <laughs> the the funny thing was clarence you made a comment to his dad about well well i bet he's a good student and he was like uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's a good student of dr who <laughs> exactly and well right. you know I mean, mm, what what's good. wrong with that? Right, Teach. No problem. But, but, but Lee, you know, I'm going to ask you a question just kind of as a side note to that. From, mm. Since you come from a teaching background, uh-huh. do, do you find uh, that it's a universal thing? And, and I, and I guess I think I may be answering my own question mm. in a way, but if you're passionate about something that your brain just is easier to accept that and to learn that, absolutely,
0: yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a um, yeah. It, it's one of the uh, the fundamental errors that people make about teaching is that we we learn things because um, they're intellectually important, but no, we 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 retain things because they're emotionally important. Hmm. That's a fact. And yep. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 I we, we, yeah. We remember things we care about. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say I remember being, you know, in the 90s, and I could pretty much name every player on every team, mm-hmm. basketball or football. And <laughs> it's like I was sitting down with a book and studying it, you would think. But no, I was just kind of passionate about it and the stuff I wanted to retain, you know, it was very much in my psyche. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with what Lee's saying. And you think about – people can demean sports trivia. You think about
0: how how complex, what a vast amount of knowledge that is to know the names of all players on all teams <laughs> and to keep up with them because they're constantly in motion. You know, yes. it's yeah, it's, it's staggering. It's really staggering. But when, when my son was the age of the young man that you met, he, he would have done the same. I mean he knew he recognized that, that speech of the first doctors and he, he, he could have told you any of the And, and he was going around at cons dressed as, as David Tennant actually, who was, <laughs> who, who was the doctor at the time. And, um, yeah, we, we, we got him the, the gray skinny suit and everything. I mean, he, he really looked like him. <laughs> it was oh. pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that almost sounds like him. So I'm wondering if there wasn't some kind of a time travel thing going on there. Cause you know, anyway.
1: <laughs> well, well, one more thing that I, I, I will, uh, mention speaking of, of, uh, cosplaying before we move forward. There was another group that we had the pleasure of actually interviewing that were a group of high school students that were doing cosplay to – they were raising money for charity. They were also doing uh, the um, – you know, like helping out at the con and helping to do that. They had – worked with Lowe's to build and they helped to to build the TARDIS themselves and paint the TARDIS themselves. But they had a TARDIS there as a place for cosplayers to privately and comfortably go in and there was somebody outside, you know, kind of making sure nobody else went in, but to change clothes from their cosplay without having to go into the bathroom and, you know, uh change and put put your stuff on the floor and all that. Mm-hmm. So so kudos to them and their group was called the Socially Awkward Time Lords. <laughs> it is. So kudos to them. And Thank we'll the put chief. uh links in our uh you know, in our episode notes, uh, on how to contact them if anyone's interested in finding out more about them. Fans are good people. Yes, they are. That, that's what I find. I, I just,
0: you know, you, you put a bunch of socially awkward people under one roof and you'd think that nastiness would occur. And sometimes it does. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, I find that fans are, are good. Think about the Spider Man that you interviewed in, um, where, where, where was it that, that you you got to sit down and talk with the Spider Men?
1: Uh well, we uh, we saw them. Where was it, Clarence? Was it that, become Comic Con
2: when we first saw?
0: Yes. Yeah. And same thing. They draw a lot of attention to themselves, and they've turned that into a social cause. They're 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 being Spider Men for the greater good, which is yeah. you well, know, this is what you'd think Spider Men would do. It's you know. yep, absolutely
1: awesome. All right. Well, guys, do you have any more news before we get into the review? Let's
0: do it. I feel like we're overlooking something obvious and maybe maybe it'll occur to us as we go as we go along but I I I yeah, I don't know there there hasn't been any I guess there's been so much um kind of uh, uh, nerd news <laughs> recently here. I mean, I mean, as as we record this, Avengers, Infinity, uh, Avengers Infinity War is about to open, and you yeah. know, but, but 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 regarding Doctor Who, I don't, I don't, uh, I guess not. I guess not. So yeah,
1: so yeah onward. Let's let's talk right. about New Earth. Well, new, 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 new. But but what is not new is one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast. Yeah. Is saying this. If you have not seen this episode, if you have not seen New Earth, put us on pause. Go out and watch the episode and however you may wish to watch it. Because from henceforth, spoilers.
0: Spoilers.
2: Spoilers. 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 Spoilers.
1: So, the spoiler warning has been given, and it is time to talk about New Earth. This episode is considered the sequel to the first series episode, The End of the World. So, question, guys, do you see this as a sequel to that story? And, Clarence, I'll point that question to you first.
2: I I think it is, um... You know, where well, I don't know how many years has passed since the events on the uh, platform, but I, I do, I do. It does seem like it could be a sequel. I mean, of course, we have uh, Cassandra, Lady Cassandra, back up to her villainous ways, and uh, it makes for a, a pretty fun time. So, yeah. All right, what about you? Lee, what do you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it follows chronologically from from that in terms of Lady Cassandra. So, yeah, that's that's quite enough. That, that's enough of a, <laughs> of a
1: continuity for, to call it a sequel, I think. Yeah. I, you know, I would agree. And th- this is one of those qu- stories that I don't know why I don't watch it more because I go back and I watch the 11th hour with, uh, Matt Smith's first, you know, real episode. And maybe this is because this is kind of like the, uh, 10th doctor's second story, not his first story that I don't yeah. go back and watch it more, but I was you know really
2: surprised that I don't I guess is where I'm going with that yeah and and one of the things that jumped out at, at me about this episode, and I did not realize until we got this episode is that we'd never left Earth other than the platform satellites in in the first season. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. whoa, that's a
1: very wow. good wow yeah. observation, but you're we've right nev- we we've never been out
0: of Earth orbit in the the whole Ninth Doctor time, or are it, we overlooking something obvious? No, we're <laughs> trying, n- trying to think. Uh, I don't know because it was so. a
1: satellite.
0: You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we, we went to Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then we went to Cardiff again. Yeah, mm. Yeah. Mm. You, yeah.
1: Very mm. good observation. Yeah, wow. That's right. Because, cause Lee, I think you and I are both, I, I can feel our, like, mental wheels turning. And I'm like. Contact. Yeah, contact. Contact. And, and there's no contact off of, uh, to anywhere other than
2: Earth. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the thing that really made me think about that is when Rose actually steps out of the TARDIS, she's like, oh, new ground, new sky, something to that effect. That's right. And she, this is the furthest she's ever been.
0: Hmm. Yeah, a different yeah. planet. Well,
1: here's the first thing that I noticed when, you know, coming on screen and watching the series start or this episode start was the dynamic of leaving on the trip with uh, this doctor as compared to the ninth doctor. It was more of. Mickey and Jackie seeing the happy couple off and wishing them well, whereas before <laughs> it's that, you know, they go away and then the other two were like, what in the heck, where'd they go? You know, don't go or something like that. Did you guys yeah. get that same feeling? Yeah, exactly. We, the, the, this time we, we, we can skip all that.
0: <laughs> now we're giving her extra luggage to take and things like that.
2: <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And, and, and certainly uh Jackie and Mickey have, been through the fire with, you know, the doctor now. So I think also they may have a new appreciation or uh, understanding of of what Rose is doing now versus uh you're just running off with this madman in a box. So mm. that's a point. different in in. A, more, more gracious, I guess, uh, Jackie, as far as what Rose is trying to do. And I think it did stick out to me when, uh, Mickey said, I almost called him Ricky, when Mickey said, I love you and Rose just said bye. And then she was off. So, <laughs> well, that's them though in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir.
1: But you know, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's just my interpretation, but I, while I saw that, I just, For some reason, and it's not because I have the foreknowledge of knowing what's to come, but, but, but I can remember going back and watching, I mean, you know, watching it originally and there just seemed to be a shift even with how she communicated with Mickey that just was different from the first series in a sense of, yes, he may have said, I loved you, but I didn't see it in the same context as You know, he was not pining over her like he was that. I think their relationship had evolved into Platonia, you know, more of a platonic relationship, at least in my eyes at this point.
2: Yeah, I've been to the Platonia many times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been platonized. (laughs) Uh, So, um you know, they they get to New Earth and they're in New, and then they start talking about new, 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 New. Several, several, several news. New York, and they're on New Earth, and then they go into the city, and we f- see the first of the cat nines, as I call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of the sisters
2: of the Plentitude? Mm. <laughs> Thoughts? I, I um. Definitely love the look of them. I thought the, the, um, the effects, the, the makeup of them actually worked really, really well. Really believable. Um, I don't know. I think it's this kind of thing where people or characters in shows, uh, go too far in an effort to do something miraculous, uh, for science. And they very much are, um, think they're doing I'm not going to say guys work, but they think they're doing a good thing. And, you know, we'll find out ultimately how that turns out. Yeah. What do you think, Lee?
0: Yeah. I, I think that's an interesting point. And I, I, um, I, I was, I thought once again, I, I probably thought this when I saw this the first time that, um, the, one of our images of cats. I, d- I don't like cats as pets. I don't <laughs> understand why anybody would want to have one in the house, really. <laughs> um, and and our our listenership just uh fell off, fell off. Yeah, I know. So not blaspheme. but it's just uh, not my thing. But but <laughs> the the positive image of cats that people have uh, is is about them being uh, neat, about them being tidy and clean, and they clean themselves and so on. And I remember thinking. Oh, the the they're cats. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and so that that was my thinking was you know oh well yeah because they're clean. I you know I love it, and I don't know if that was the whole idea behind this or not, but it's a but it's a lovely thing. There's also a little bit of fan service because uh, so many people love cats so very very much that uh one of the things I've learned, kind of the hard way, is that if you really want your um, your franchise to be successful, it needs to have lots of cats in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah. So this was, uh, this is Doctor Who
1: giving in. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to, to, uh, since we're talking about the, uh, various, or we're talking about the sisters, you know, we see the, um, the one who was with a certain character that we'll talk about in just a minute, Novice Ham or ha Yeah. I believe that was, uh, how they pronounced our Haim, Novice Haim. Yes. We will see her again. Uh, more than, you know, we'll see her at least one more time. And we, I'm not sure if she was in series six or not, but we do see the, you know, one of the sisters again in series six. But there is a sister called Sister Jet. And I was not aware who actually played Sister Jet until I was looking at the uh, list of who was in the episode. And this person Returned and following suit with actors who t- take on another role in Doctor Who. She returned next season as, uh, the mother of the one and only, uh, Martha Jones. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Cause, uh,
0: I'm, I, well, and of course, um, Freema. We'll see her again before we see her as Martha Jones,
1: right? Also, so yeah, it's it's all in the family. Interesting, because uh, but right, and both of them were in this series, and then returned mm-hmm. for the third one. How cool! Yeah. So let 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 me ask you guys uh, a little bit, moving on from the sisters to seeing the face of Bo again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me what that thought was that was going through your head. <laughs> I just, I
0: love the face of Bo. I just love the whole idea of the face of Bo. And, um, I was just glad to see, just glad to see him again. And, um, and that it, it looked like we were going to sort of introduce him. And then in this sequel, so he, he, he's part of the other continuity is, uh, Cassandra and, but also face of Bo, right. From uh, end of the world. Um, and that maybe that was going to be the beginning and the end of him. Um, but it's not, So I enjoyed the kind of cliffhanger aspect of uh, having a new mystery related to the face of bow.
2: Clarence, Uh, what did you think? And I I guess the last we had heard of him, he was off having babies or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was cool. It was quite cool to see him come in again. And, um, it again, this always makes me think how much of the mystery had been laid out about, you know, who we've kind of hinted who the face of bow actually is. So that that's what kind of was in the back of my head the entire time, you know, and you know this we hear that that he has something to say before he dies, and of course he doesn't die not the way the end of the episode, but I mean, I still think it was interesting to have him here and actually connect these episodes a little bit closer together, whereas if he had not been there it w- it would still have been a connection, but not as a distinct connection to that uh the last episode they were in together. Okay. okay.
1: I, I I totally, totally agree with you. And I, I liked, really, really liked how they did what you just said, which was, you know, they laid out that mystery. And it just showed me again, that the thing, some of the things that we have, quote, unquote, accused Moffat of doing, just were also done in the Russell T Davies era it was just that we might not be remembering those things because of the time that had passed. But you know, there, there, there are things that he's putting into play that don't play out until, you know, next season or the next season. So yeah, that's that, that was really cool to see. So, but speaking of Bo, and not revealing what, you know, the speculation of we're pretty sure is there's a there is a something that he says that really caught my attention. And, well, actually, I, t- I take that back. He didn't say it, but the um, novice is the one who said it. She said, Bo Kind became yeah. extinct long ago. hmm Weird. So does that yeah. – do, He's guys, not the
2: only one. Yes. So uh, – I guess we could say, are, is she talking about the set of humans that were on the Beauchain Peninsula as Bokine, or was she talking about the big floating heads? I don't know. Uh, good, good, good,
1: good, yeah. uh, good retconning, good uh, explanation yeah. possibly.
0: Well, and we, uh, this is, gets back to exactly what you're saying too, Kyle, is that we, without knowing how much of this stuff, uh, RTD had really thought out and how much is him just sort of writing off the cuff, um, if, is that why we got that fleeting reference a couple episodes back to, uh, the face of Bo being pregnant? Cause w- w- we, we all know who this face actually is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is somebody with an impossibly long lifespan. So if he can get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't he have had lots and lots and lots of Bo babies over the, Bo babies, <laughs> Bo <Beau> babies, <laughs> Bo babies. babies? babies. <laughs> <laughs> so. But but they've all died out now, and, and now all that's left is the original. So mm. that's sad.
1: It is, but could it also be if the face of Bo is as old as the face of Bo is? Then when 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 asked what happened, you know, my kind died out a long time ago, or my people mm-hmm. were dead, di- and y- go back to that thing that, you know, children play in school where you start the story, and by the time it gets to the other end, it's completely changed. Mm -hmm. So maybe Bo Kind was him saying, you know, my kind died out long, long ago.
0: Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's right, because Cassandra identifies herself as the last human. Correct.
1: And speaking of the woman who has stretched to She Can Stretch, Uh, and tuck and nip and uh, flatten and Botox her way to literally nothing. nothing what do we think of Cassandra's
0: return? I was so happy to, to, to get her back again I, I, I loved the character when she was first introduced and what fun that in this episode Cassandra is not only played by Zoe Wanamaker but by Billy Piper and
2: David Tennant <laughs> oh man yes
0: yes so yes. let's take let's take oh um, and finally uh yeah and ship too oh I, yeah let let's i don't too. know the
1: actor's name yeah he, he gets to briefly be cassandra also yes so let's go to cassandra prime as we will call her there. um with zoe who was also in a series called my family who just happened to be an uh the series with Chris Marshall, who was a leading betting contender to be the thirteenth Doctor before um Whittaker Whitaker was named. So oh. um interesting oh. interesting tie twist to Doctor Who there. And she was also
0: Madame Hooch in uh, the Harry Potter movie. She she taught Harry to fly. So Ah yes. So she's so she connects us to Harry Potter as does David Tennant. Yes now, indeed. And lots and lots of other people too, David Bradley and on and on it goes. Anyway. <laughs>
2: so was the actor who played her in the, the flash time back, uh, was that the actual actor that did the voice? That's yes. Zoe Wanamaker. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, she, she gets to play her, her non facelifted self as well. <laughs> back when she had legs and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I think the thing that jumped out to me about Cassandra and this uh, lady Cassandra in this episode is like, I'm like, didn't she die? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and I really like how they kind of cooked up this, shall I even say brain Morbius way of bringing her back, which I thought was just really interesting because I did not expect, you know, the brain to be sitting over there. The brain. <laughs> yeah. They they
0: didn't make a big deal of it in, uh, into the world, but yeah, her brain is always in, in, in a, in a bottle like, uh, like Morbius. So, yeah, I mean, there's no room for it in, <laughs> in her face. So uh yeah. I did not notice that so, before. No, and I I, th- I think maybe we're not meant to, but it, but it's a great way of keeping her alive. That that horrible thing that we saw in the end of the world, that's not the end of her. Her, her brain is still <laughs> over there mm. taken away,
1: plotting evil. Yeah. You know, and where you know uh and she just showed her backside literally in this episode. Exactly.
2: Ask not. <laughs> yes. Can we name this episode Sexy Rose? Because man, Billy Piper in this episode, oh my goodness. Uh huh. She, she throws away the baggy, you know, teenage clothes that they had are wearing in season one. And we very much get, uh, Sexy Rose. So I was not complaining.
0: No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I saw an interview with her once where she was talking about all the, the Wonder Bra scenes is what she called them. And she said, she said, boy, I, I hated to give that up. She said, I just kept looking in the mirror saying, You sure I can't wear this for the rest of the
1: series? (laughs) This is an effect. Come on. And and, and so I'm I'm picturing a a producer sitting out there somewhere seeing this and thinking, you know, that series Diary of a Call Girl. Yeah. I think she might be a good Uh candidate for that role. Uh, Who would have thunk it? Who would have (laughs) thunk it? Who who did think it? Somebody. Uh, so, what did we think of? You, you know, I, I couldn't help but wonder and go back to a comment about how inexperienced she was, and I, I, I won't say any more. I won't harp on that. But by golly, her inexperience wow. going from Rose to Cassandra. I, I would say whatever green and inexperiencedness sh- that she had, in my opinion, was gone by that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's two great performances. It's, it's, she, she gets to play two, two characters and she's, she's great in both of them. Yeah. It's just, yep. She, she has arrived as an actor by this point. Absolutely.
1: And did, did you guys get the same feeling? I mean, I know she, you know, acted different, but, she did a very good impersonation, I think, of what I could have pictured the actual real actress Cassandra having portrayed if she were reading those same lines. Did, and, and you know, Lee, I know you're more familiar with her, uh, because you've seen her in other things. Do you, do you see that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I have to think that Billy Piper spent some time with her and they they worked out some some business together because yeah, it's a dead on impression of Zoe Wanamaker.
1: It's it's, it's lots of fun. So yeah. when she became or she jumped bodies to David Tennant, Clarence, what did you think of that portrayal?
2: Oh, uh, it was just an opportunity for David Tennant to be zany. And hilarious and, uh, it was quite good, quite good. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we get to see much of David Tennant acting that way in Doctor Who, but I very much enjoyed the brief moments we got because he just lets go and it just has a bit of fun with it. Agreed. 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 <laughs> I always love the, the, the joke about her
0: suddenly realizing she's got two heartbeats going and she's, well, I'm beating out a samba. and other things moving around
1: exactly (laughs) it's not not used much
0: (laughs) right these are all new experiences for this body yeah (laughs) well and and the joke that that, uh, only pays off for the English and for Anglophiles that uh, when uh, Chip advises uh, Cassandra that uh, Rose is uh, Cockney that she she adopts uh, Cockney rhyming slang which of course Rose never does but that's her closest approximation to so yeah. you know she she keeps saying i couldn't adam and eve it you know for i couldn't believe it and things like that oh, so okay. she figures that's how rose talks but it, she she even says the word chav which i've yes. heard before that was uh-huh. my introduction to the word chav too and i had to go look it up but yeah i've heard it many times uh, in the culture since then but yeah i think we would say what would it's what's
2: true. say again I said hipster. That's what I thought it would be, but maybe not quite.
0: No, it's, um, somebody said to me at the time, and I guess this is stuck that probably the closest kind of equivalent we have in our, the culture that, that you and I have grown up in is
2: trailer trash. Oh, really? Oh, I did. Uh, uh. I totally did not take the definition that way, which is anti-so- antisocial youth and sportswear is what I read on Wikipedia, I believe. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, that, yeah.
1: That, <laughs> that, that, that was what I was just reading now.
2: Okay,
0: yeah. No, it's more like she's looked in the mirror and said, wow, really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, this is my temporary body. I'm not looking for a new one. Cause, yeah. Which, um,
2: which kind of leads to what I feel is kind of the big plot hole of the the whole episode, even though I have enjoyed it very much, but if she can, if she can clone people, we we're establishing in this episode that cloning is a thing. Why would she just clone her new body to her liking? Yeah, that's yeah, that
0: that's a really fair question that the episode does not answer. Because yeah, there should have just been an endless procession
1: of chrysandra's in the body that she loved. Yeah. But, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And if she can jump around bodies, why can't she jump into it? Although, you know, it's, it's
0: all about one of the things I like about that character, about the, the whole notion of this character is that it's this, she's got this moronic idea about racial purity and yeah. she's so proud of being the last human when she's not, you know, you just look at her and you go, this is a human, but it's, <laughs> but this is the original flesh, right? This is her original skin mm-hmm. and that's, that's all that matters. She's this big white rectangle. You know, it's like this, this is, this makes me important and valuable so I, I i maybe that's maybe that's why she wouldn't just make another one like herself because that would be somehow less her than the original i don't know that I'm, I'm reaching i'm trying
1: to help russell davies out here no but i don't think it's reaching i think it's a good social commentary if you look at it from that perspective yeah that's you know i go back to you know somebody being you know you're um you're you're so far uh, you know i'm just making this up but someone they're so far in debt and they're you know they can't even literally make ends meet but they are keeping up appearances yes mm-hmm. you know so maybe maybe that's what she was doing It was keeping I, I up her so. own uh, appearances and holding on to it literally for dear <laughs> life no pun that's intended
2: right, right. <sighs> well and 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 certainly what this episode reminds me of or makes me think about you mentioned nip tuck uh, earlier Cal, but it, it makes me think of how far we'll or some people will go for body image and um the things they'll do the surgeries they'll partake of uh, and you know it's all about perceived uh perfection and, and, and it will go so far and we'll forget how perfect we actually were at the beginning <laughs> of the whole ordeal. And I think that's very much Cassandra in a nutshell. Um, she's on this steady road to perfection and she kind of loses sight. So that's it. Yeah. And, and you know, I'll, you take remember there. The- no, go ahead.
0: You remember that um, in uh, End of the World, when Rose is going over to talk to her for the first time, she she says almost under her breath, "Word with Michael Jackson here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but uh, you know, I was I was also going to comment based a little bit about what you just said, Clarence, which was not just from the youth trying to change how they look, but as we age, wanting to recapture said youth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So let me ask you guys, you know, we see with the sisters that they are healing people that just should not, you know, they've got cures that the doctor is saying, you know, uh, this person should be dying in a couple. Oh, you just cured them. And how are you doing that? And we find out that they are cloning these people as, as we've established, but subjecting these clones to all types of bacteria and diseases all at the same time while farming cures thoughts mm.
2: of that so I'm, I'm wondering i mean i know but i wonder was this a com- commentary on the um cloned embryos i think that was a thing like 10 mm-hmm. 15 years ago yeah stem I'll, cell research yeah 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 mm-hmm. so I'm wondering is this a commentary on that I, watching it again, I was try I
0: was asking the same question. I thought, this is, this feels like, um, cutting social satire, but I'm not sure what the target is exactly. Mm. If we're, if we're talking about something in particular, I'm not sure what it is, but, but I, I think, but Clarence, I, I think you're right. I think this, the, the closest thing I can think of, especially 10, 15 years ago, who would have been about, uh, the debate about stem cell research. So maybe, maybe that was it, but, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. If so, it's, it's kind of a surprising view for the show to take because it, that's, 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 that feels like a kind of an anti science stand for the show to take, which would be a
1: very un Doctor Who like really. All yeah. right. Uh, I think, you know, I was just going to say real quick, the, the cloning of the sheep was in 1996. So that yeah. was 10 years prior to, uh, to this.
2: Right. Okay. Well, I mean, you just speak of animals though, like maybe this is just a commentary on, um, what do you consider sentient? And in, of well, course, yeah. Uh, experiments are done on animals all the time. And, well, that's true. And, and,
0: uh, I don't, one of the, don't want the novices make this sort of dismissive remark. Those aren't really people. Yeah, Correct. She does indeed. So so any time that a group of people gets um relegated to non-human status like that, which, you know, of course, historically <laughs> as mm. a race, we've done all the time. Mm. Um So, yeah. And the doctor is not having that. Never. So. Oh, no.
1: And, you know, I was noticing and I wrote this down uh, at this was at the 25 minute and 57 second mark. And it was when uh, they are released from their cells or their holding pens, and they're coming out, and they've got these, you know, lesions, sores on them, and they're 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 kind of like walking uh, toward, you know, uh, the doctor and Rose and or the doctor and Cassandra, however you want to say it. And I wrote down the notes and called them the Walking Dead of New Earth. It's all about the <laughs> zombies. And it was, in this episode, it really was all about the zombies for this one. Because they kind of were. They kind of were. By the way, they were walking a little bit.
0: Well, Yeah. <laughs> they were more walking than walking dead, though. I think the the, the whole point here is those people are alive. <laughs> but they were dying, though, and they were so that would have made them the walking dead. <laughs> I think they would have stopped walking when they were dead, though. I think uh, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> You're crossing the streams. I think.
1: <laughs> and I noticed that this was one of the times that maybe the first time that this doctor said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, which That's is something great. that he says over and over.
0: That's right. It becomes a that becomes almost a catchphrase for the Tenth Doctor. You know? Yes, it does. This is sort of a step to one side, but should we talk about tardisodes? Sure, let's talk tardisodes. Do you, uh, because this was New Earth was the first episode to to air uh, or ship. I don't know what the word the word would be to be released with a mini episode. In this case, it was a, a prequel, a little prequel to New Earth, and they were just you know a single scene. Uh, and sometimes it would be the moment after the episode ended or would be the moment before the episode, the aired episode began, but they did that for all of this season hmm. uh, and uh, they're all still out there, but uh, the whole idea, um, and I only know about them because they were on the DVD of this year when the, when that was released, but, um, my understanding is that 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 this was an experiment of the BBCs, and they had the idea that what we're going to do is we're going to get this this new hip generation who's walking and looking walking around looking at their phones all the time, and everybody's going to see this this um, sort of prequel episode for all these for Doctor Who on their phones. And it was kind of a dud that people didn't they didn't do that.
2: Yeah, go that ahead. That idea. Be, no, I was just going to say I think that idea deal today would be much more popular. Uh, uh, yeah. I think because pretty much every show out there does some t- some form of YouTube clips, at least the big ones that went away, especially like talk shows and stuff like that. So yeah, I, and this is my first time hearing about these Tardisodes, so I will be going back and watching them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go get them because <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: uh, it, it it was it really fizzled in trying to do this with this year of Doctor Who, but. But, you know, but Clarence, I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent right now. This is common practice. This is, so they, they were ahead of their time. They, yeah. Uh, one of the things they found was that people didn't want to look at them on their phone, but they did want to see them on their personal computer. So people were downloading them like mad <laughs> on their, on their laptop or whatever. But,
1: well, I, I think I have a indicator as to why this may not have been popular at, at the time that it came out, this, this was originally broadcast on April the 15th of 2006. And the smartphone as it has become known per se today being the pre, uh, this is pre iPhone, you know, first generation iPhone, which was not until 2007. So whatever smartish, <laughs> you know, uh, intellectual phones that people may have had at that time, <laughs> We're not as smart as, you know, what they would be okay. in the next two or three years. Right. Across and from Android. I mean, Android, Clarence, you, you can probably answer this question. Android hadn't even come out yet, had it? Uh, no, not as we
2: know it today. And I mean, furthermore, think of network speeds compared to what we have. Mm, today. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. And <laughs> my understanding is that, um, each
0: of these little things, when, uh, when you got an ad, on your phone, which I guess would have been the iPhones right they they got a big warning saying you know your your local carrier may charge you for seeing this content uh, which which we're all really accustomed to now, but apparently that really scared people off, I said, Oh well, then hell with that right. <laughs> I'm not gonna you know. so you know cool idea, but it just it wasn't it wasn't time yet, so we' get back, <laughs> Bring yeah, all back. of which is to say there is a little more of new Earth out there." <laughs>
1: very very interesting yeah so so go look for that so let me ask you guys what did you think of the way that they were cured by this concoction that the doctor uh, made up and they used what's called a disinfectant so the doctor cures them or basically concocts this concoction that cures them and in they the use bucket. in a bucket in the disinfectant. And so, you know, now they're normal looking human people clones. So what did you guys think of that? It, it, it's
0: it, it, it's one of the things that the show does. And I know that it really rubs some people the wrong way. And I always enjoy it. W- w- something like that, that is so patently ridiculous, but it's emotionally um the satisfying and so sometimes i just it, it's 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 doctor who divorcing itself from being anything like science fiction this is magic it's just magic okay and and he's he's going to heal everybody and they're going to heal each other by by hugging hooray you know i love it so <laughs> i know it doesn't make any sense and i don't care because i am the doctor and i cured them that's what he said yeah that's right. And that that's what we want to have happen. So yeah, the the mechanism of how you could cure all diseases by taking all the cures and mixing them all up together, that wouldn't work. Don't don't worry about that. Just <laughs> forget that. Just don't 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 worry about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it, even, even for a delivery method, if we did have this all encompassing cure, it wouldn't have been as fun to see them go around and, and shoot everybody with a syringe, you know? Right. The, this is the <laughs> doctor who way of, uh, of, of curing everyone and it allows for him to have this doctor moment, which we all love. So yeah. All right. So let's just jump
1: ahead to the end, which is we see the, I would say the empathy. The sympathy and the kindness of the doctor, because we see Cassandra go into her caretaker's um, body and then realize that that body is dying. And what does the doctor do? He takes Cassandra back to the time when she was still Cassandra. And that last person to say to Cassandra, you are beautiful, you are pretty is actually, unbeknownst to her, herself. So what did you guys think of that? And Clarence, I'll let you take that one first.
2: Yeah. So was I the only one thinking that she would transport herself from the clone's body into her old body and in a continuous loop of uh, Lady Cassandra? No, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 we do see where the time she does transport into one of the the clones that were being experimented on. She does have a bit of a, a change of heart. So it was good to see her finally face herself, you know, and realize, you know, kind of what what have I done to myself over these years? And, you know, set up that beautiful moment where she tells herself, you're beautiful, you know, so just great. All around, it's an extraordinary grace, really, to, to be so kind
0: to the ruthless Cassandra. Who um, and well, what do you think about that? I mean, is is it going too far? I mean, the doctor has has already told her, "Your time is up. It's time to die." And, and then there's this mercy, this this extraordinary grace, right at the end.
1: But is that what not think? what makes him the doctor?
2: That's that's how I feel. Yeah, um, I
0: don't know. Yeah.
2: I, I do kind of feel like ultimately if she did want to transport it to somebody else, there's nothing he really could have done that I, you know, that I could tell. Mm. So, you know, he was giving her mercy, but I feel also it was her, you know, finally being ready to die. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just going to help her, help, help that be as gentle as it can be.
1: And, mm. and, and, you know, I think it's interesting how you said, or it's poignant. I think it's a better word, of how you said that, um, you know, you were ready to die. You were acceptance of dying or, or whatever. And that was, you know, what bitter sweet mercy did the doctor give her than to this thing that she had been trying so desperately to hold on to this image of herself as she was is now her dying image. You know, that yeah, that is what she sees as she dies is she's being held and cared for and in a caring way. Cause this is the old Cassandra that is being kind to this creature, this person that in her mind, she has no clue that the consciousness within is herself. Yeah. That's and, right. And that, and that being that was actually kind to her is actually her, her own self that is being showing that kindness. So there's a level of mercy, and then there's also a level as knowing that as a viewer of tragedy to me. Yeah. So, so wibbly-wobbly question, is do then the doctrine
0: rose by taking Chip with Cassandra's body back, do they simply cause what happened in the first place? Mm. <laughs> or have they changed history, potentially creating a new Cassandra who won't go on to be the evil Cassandra that we know, hmm. by by having this this beautiful moment, is isn't that something that she? Uh, I, I'm now writing. I'm now writing the fan fiction. Um.
1: Yeah, okay, so so Clarence, you want to take that one, or, or you want me to? <laughs> no, I, I think I just hit it. My brain hurts. Okay, <laughs> so so uh, perception is reality in my mind, mm. and 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 perception for Cassandra, younger Cassandra, didn't change. Because she still perceived it just because this one being was kind to her. I think your argument or your hypothesis or your potential timelines, wibbly-wobbly, would hold and would be true were it true that Cassandra knew that that was Cassandra. Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that would have made a difference.
1: Yes, but but for but all she knew was this male came up to her and said you're pretty and then died. Right.
2: I mean, I I think it's also a thing of self confidence too. When she gets this one moment where she's told that she's beautiful, I mean, I don't know if that makes her more confident or less confident because of the impending sur- surgeries or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I. I do think that, you know, having that one kind thing in some person's life can either more than likely put them on a better trajectory than what they may be going on. You know, you may change a person's day. You may change their life. You don't know. So, I mean, I think it's all kind of ways this could go or could have gone.
1: Could it have been that instead of a vanity, as in, you know, look at me, how pretty I am, how much better I am, instead she wanted to maintain and keep that moment where someone in her mind found her beautiful.
2: Yeah, maybe so. You know, instead,
1: instead of an, you know, like I'm so much better that, that we've seen her all along. Perhaps instead it was, she never saw herself as pretty. She never saw herself as beautiful. And she wanted to hold on to that one moment where in her mind, someone said, you are pretty. Yeah, And if that is true, that makes the whole character of Cassandra all that much more tragic. Not yeah, evil, timey-wimey. but tragic. Tommy. Tommy-wimey. <laughs> right, so, guys, is there anything that I have missed in my notes that you guys have written down and would like to talk about?
2: I have a few uh, real quick honorable mentions. Uh, I love <laughs> the War of the Worlds-esque droid thing, spider guy, who was oh, yeah. running around. Being surveillance—that was really cool. We saw those in Into the World, also. So that true? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, we did. You're right. Yeah, it was, it was in the ventilation. So, so those, so that
2: should have tipped us. These are pets of Cassandra's. Yeah. Ah, and I did not get that. <laughs> I mean, also we have the moment where uh, the doctor gets the message on the psychic paper. Um, the face of Bo being psychic, I guess, connected to—I uh, don't mm-hmm. know. He could talk to the paper, I guess, which I thought. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Yep. And, 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 and lastly, I was wondering why did, why did it, why did the doctor trick Rose by saying something about over there? And he runs into the elevator. I never got why he tricked her before he ran in the elevator. It just seemed kind of weird. Or was he trying to trick her? I don't know, but he got her to look away just enough for him to break toward the elevator.
1: I remember the scene, but
2: I didn't take it like that. What did you think, Lee?
0: Yeah, it didn't strike me that way either. Um, hmm. Um, yeah, I got to go back and look at it again. I got to watch that Tartusode and go back and look at this again because I, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it, but I just can't, I didn't get that, that, uh, that whole thought there.
2: Yeah. It just <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the whole idea
0: of the elevator that that uh, disinfects people coming into the hospital is is a really funny idea too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and while they're dressed, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, and it's okay, and it cleans your clothes too. It's all right.
1: Yeah, and it's it's sort of like it dry cleans your clothes and it gives you a hair uh, new hairstyle. Right.
2: I thought it was just like sexy Doctor Rose moment because yeah, it yeah. <laughs>
1: Which, speaking of when you say sexy Dr. Rose moment, there was a scene at the very beginning, there's a quote where he says, after Rose kisses him, uh, or actually Cassandra kisses him, he says, yep, still got it.
0: Still got it. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) All
1: right. Do we think we are ready for our final rating? Indeed. sure. All right, good deal. Well, I will go first, and I will say that I'm going to give this one a solid four. You know, there were a couple of potholes, loopholes, time hold, wibbly wobbly, you know, but uh for the story of me enjoying it and not remembering it and thought it was good,
2: four. So,
1: Clarence, what say ye?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with about 3.9. I uh, very much enjoyed it. Was it my favorite? Uh, no, but I do think it has some very interesting uh, things going on in episode, so yeah, that lands me at three point nine. All right, Mister Shackelford,
0: I'm going to uh, boost the stati- the statistic by saying a four point three. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah, I, I really love this episode, and 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 you know, um, you've reminded me, uh, Cassandra actually gets. To be played by five actors in this, the, uh, the 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 poor woman who's got all the diseases in the world, and Simon Gallagher as Chip, and Zoe Wanamaker, and <laughs> Billy Piper, and David Tennant. You know, that's just that's just a lot of fun, and yeah. uh, the Doctor getting to do his thing and share like like it's like love is what cures them all. And it's just it's 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 beautiful. It really is a terrific episode, and I, I I'm so glad that, you know we 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 committed to going back and watching these over again. I haven't seen it in years. So now I'm wondering why not? This is <laughs> what a lot of fun.
1: So I okay. want to ask you a question. Um, Lee, you know, you said that that when we were you know mapping out when we were going to watch these and talk about them, that this was one of the ones you know you didn't want to miss this episode. Do oh, you yeah. what was it about <laughs> this one that just stood out that was like, okay, you know, I can miss aliens of London, but I don't want to miss this one. Honestly. Really and truly, sexy Billy Piper.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, honesty—the best policy. I'm not gonna lie to you.
2: <laughs> there,
0: there's a lot to love about this episode, but man, oh man! Um, but yeah, also, I, I do remember that I loved uh, the 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 whole notion of the hospital, and we're establishing some running jokes of the series. It um, should have a shop. I love a shop, and uh, things like that. So, anyway.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, it's Goodbye Trampoline, Hello Blondie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's so many great it's. It's a very quotable episode, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I do know in our... Next review episode, I have a feeling that we are not amused. we are not amused. Yes. Uh, no. we, and we get to learn more about Torchwood in the next, uh, review. So that's, that's true. That's, that's quite exciting. And special guest star Jenna Coleman, right? Uh, no, no, but no. Okay. J- j- just older Jenna Coleman. I'm yeah. very confused. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, she is <laughs> not have, amused. Oh, my theme song is
2: just playing in my head. You know? <laughs> oh, <good.
1: laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, if someone listening wanted to find out more about what you do other than discussing who, where else might they find you? And I will let Lee, why don't you take that first?
0: Gloriana. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Clarence and I are starting the Victoria podcast, discussing <laughs> Victoria.
2: So, anyway. yeah. discussing Clara. Discussing. I, want, I, I want to train. I want to train. <laughs> I want to train. You can go 35 miles an hour. <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> um, the Relativity Podcast, the home of which is relativitypodcast.com. That's probably the best way to find me and see what I'm doing. Anyway,
2: All right. where shall
0: I toss the ball to? Clarence.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can catch me on Discussing Trek, which can be found at DiscussingTrek.com, where we just put out an episode all about our after shows. It's a bit zany, a bit off the rails, but uh, I hope you at least laugh a time or two. Check it out. Good deal. Hmm. And we can also be found on
1: DiscussingComics.com, which, of course, is at DiscussingComics.com. So um, check us out, and... For anyone listening, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us on this episode tonight. We hope that you come back for more. Subscribe to the podcast because that's the best way of making sure that you get all of the episodes and delivered to the device of your choice. So please subscribe. And again, thank you. And we will be back next time.
0: Send us your feedback to DiscussingWho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again, 180,000 So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?